Murder was the case that they gave me. You hear me? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are tuned in to the GGN News Network. I'm your host with the most finding Nemo. And today, I got one of my homeboys on the show. Super Bowl champion, tight end slash wide receiver. Yes, Martellus Bennett is in the house. And I'm sitting here with the one and only, the champ, Floyd Money Mayweather. What's happening, champ? What up, D-O-double-G? Man, I'm chilling with a feeling, man. What's happening, Steve? What's going on, baby? How you doing, man? How you doing, boy? I'm being interviewed by you. This is strange. This is strange, but I'm loving it. This is what we do, man. Former NFL football player slash advocate for this medical cannabis, my main man, Sean Phillips, is in the house. How you feeling, Uncle? I'm good, loved one. How you doing, loved one? Bless. I got one of my homeboys on the show that's an NFL Super Bowl champ. You understand me? Give it up for the one and only Bradley Roby. What's, What's happening good? with you, What's up with you, boy? Chilling, man. I'm chilling. Violent. See, I got my ring on, right? This is my national championship ring for, for Little League this year. Oh, okay. Come on, now. We we, we do it a little something, something, something. And how long have you been doing this, this, this thing you've been doing as far as following sports and broadcasting and writing, you know, paragraphs about it? How long have you been doing this? About 25 years, man. Um, I started off in around 1993. Um, it's been... Just, just been doing what I've been doing. What is your favorite cereal of all time? Captain Crunch. No berries? With the berries. I actually made a rap song called Captain Crunch. With the berries, nigga? You like Captain Crunch with the berries? Yeah. Oh, Captain Crunch with the berries? Just ain't, Captain Crunch without the berries? Just ain't right. I'm addicted to the Captain He's my crack pipe. Open up the yellow box and crush your ties. Eat them all the time, even during exercise. Eat it on a patio, eat it on a sofa, eat it in my house shoes, eat it in my loafers. Eat a whole box anytime that it's open. <laughs> you a fool. You a fool. So you had an illustrious football career, I want to say that. At linebacker, you was one of the best linebackers to do it, man. I used to love watching you when you was in San Diego doing your thing, man. Y'all was really having fun out there, you know what I'm saying, with enthusiasm. How do you feel about the game now that's really not a lot of enthusiasm or you get flagged for the enthusiasm? I feel like they're pulling a lot of fun away back from the game. I mean, NFL, a beautiful sport, but they got to protect themselves. I mean, you got to think of all the concussions and head injuries that they had and the lawsuits that they got from that. So they got to protect themselves. So they, you know what I mean? like. Is it still fun? It's still fun. I mean, it's still watch. You still watch every Sunday. I do. You know what I mean? I wouldn't trade it for the world. There's still some hits out there. I mean, you take them shots whenever you get them. So, I mean, even if you're going to get the fine, you're still taking the shot. Got to. You know what I mean? So they say in 2012, you was the only defensive player in the nation to score touchdowns in three different ways. A recovered fumble punt in the end zone versus Miami, a block punt in the end zone versus Indiana, and an intercepted pass versus Nebraska and returned it for a touchdown. That was all in one season? Yeah. I'm making plays, bro. Is it study or is it or was it or, or was it just right place, right time? I don't know. I think it's just I just make plays, bro. That's what you do? <laughs> Where did you learn your business savvy? Because I know you you come from a line of fighters, your your uncles, your, your yes. father. They all were great fighters. They my I grew up watching them. I just seen your father in the club the other night. We was yes. there. I told him, I said, I love Floyd. And you was at Dre's before. Yeah, I'm like, I grew up watching you though, Pops. You yeah. understand what I'm saying? So being being that said, how does that 
you know what I'm saying, on the business side as far as where did you get that that business sense? Because you you surpassed everybody in in boxing and sports and everything in general. I'm watching you as like you bigger than the NFL franchise. Uh, just uh, my team, me believing. Right. You know, right. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Me and a lot of my guys, a lot of my, I'm saying I have a team also, but you know my team don't get in there and go to war like I go to war, but they go to war on the outside. Right, my Jeff. team go to war. I'm on. I'm on. I'm very, very tough on my team. Um, I, I, I want my team to be the best that they can be. What was the column that you wrote or the interview that you did that gave you the inspiration to know that you could be where you at now? Oh man, um, I was in. I was a high school reporter for the New York Daily News. It was 1993. I mean, I was in school writing for the school newspaper. I was a disc jockey. I had my own late night show. It was called Tender Moments. As where you I was, should. I was, show, I was playing slow jams. Hello. All, all the cats, you know, they in college, they with their honeys and all of this other stuff, and they like, play this song. It got to the point where the ladies were coming up to me, play this song tonight at about 1045 when I'm with my boo. This is a question I want to know. Who was the tougher kid, you or Michael? And Michael is his brother, by the way, for those who don't know. He plays for the Seattle Seahawks. He's the locker room general. He's the floor general, the conversation piece, and he's a straight dog. Give me the answer. Well, we never, I don't know if you could say it was tougher because it was just like if you fought Michael, you fought me. Okay. It's like you ain't even allowed to hit two days in a row now in the NFL. Like you only get to wear pads one day. Oh, they really watering the game down. See, we didn't know that because we're not inside. We're just looking at the game for what it's worth. It used to be more physical and it was more contact involved. Now they taking the contact out of practice? It used to be two, two a day. Once we was in two a days, we hit every single day. But now, two a days, you can't even hit two days in a row. And during the season, you only can wear pads one day a week. So everything mostly like two-hand touch. So that's why it's kind of like that now. You know what I mean? And, and you, you can't blame them. They're trying to grow the game, you know? Yeah, but at the same time, the game was based off of that. The foundation is hard hits, you know, contact. You know, but fundamentally taught the right way. Yeah. It's, it's grown. It's, we, we more mature. We more educated on how to tackle and how not to use our helmets. Because I do look at the games. Where I'm a kid from the 70s. I watched the Steelers in the 70s, and they used to do this clothesline. Man, they used to do moves back in the days that was like, oh, my God. So that, that just shows the game got better. But we got to we gotta allow people to play. I mean, you know what you signed up for. For me, mm -hmm. I play football for contact. I mean, they, mm -hmm. like all that other stuff, pretty, catching the ball, throwing the ball. But I play to hit somebody. I want to hit every play. And Straight so up. Either you want to do that or you don't. And it was this dude named, uh, I believe it was Carlton Hines, it was his name. He was a former star basketball player in New York. But he was drug dealing. Mm. And so what happened is, is that this cat walked up to him in the Bronx, broad daylight, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, took him out, shot to the head, broad daylight, people going to the supermarket, all of this other stuff, and they just saw him just get his head blown off in broad daylight. Well, I did the story, but I went and I got his mom mm. and I got his brother, mm. and then it was a compelling a story because the mother just refused to believe, regardless of the mountain of evidence that... Her son was selling drugs. She just refused to believe he was a part of that game. And so I got that story and I got the inside scoop to such a degree that everybody came clamoring towards me. And they was like, this dude 
just knows how to go get that info. Mm -hmm. And we got to pay attention. So suddenly the Philadelphia Inquirer, the Philadelphia Daily News, the Seattle Times, and all of these other places came looking for me to be a reporter. And mm -hmm. I said, I must be doing something right because everybody for across you. the country wants to get a hold of me. You know Al Heyman? That's know, the OG right there. That's OG, a legend. A legend. A very shrewd businessman. Um, Leonard Ellaby, mm. Matt Master degree, mm. you know, in business. So, you know, when you surround yourself with people like this, just um, just being around certain individuals, certain individuals, like even being around Don King, being around Bob Aram, mm -hmm. being around just different people that's been in the game a long time. And, and you know, um, my billionaire buddies, you know, every time I got around my billionaire buddies, I was more like, um, it's cool to come over your house, but I need a house like this. Yeah. It's cool to ride on your yacht, but I need a yacht like this. Yeah. It's cool to ride on your jet, but I want a jet like Righteous. this. And I said, no, I don't want to ride on yours. You show me how to get it. Mm. You can't be my friend if you can't show me how to get it. Because once they show me how to get it, then I can install it in my children. Then it goes, it goes, it trickles down. It's a bloodline thing. Yes. So it's, it's about wealth. You know, right. I'm no longer rich, I'm wealthy. Right. But as far as tough, like, um, I don't know, we both. Did you play defense? At first, we both were in high school. We both were the bookend, so he was on the left, I was oh on the right. Oh my God! So nobody got nothing. Nah, that was like the then the uh, I played both sides, and then the guy did you know no pass, no play. So the other tight end that was named Z failed, and I went to play uh, tight end full time from there. <sighs> but I played tight end since Pee Wee football, which is unheard of. I know. Usually, you change positions in high school from little league football. I tried to. I tried to go to free safety. <laughs> what happened? You ain't had a feet for it? Oh, no, I grew, I grew like six inches overnight. One night I woke up, I was six inches taller. The only reason I knew is because I could see the top of the refrigerator. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I could see everything up here. I was, went to the bathroom to brush my teeth. I was like the mom on the Muppets. I couldn't see anything. I'm like, man, what's going on? So that's how I knew I got taller, because I just like stuff around the house. I was like, man, I grew last night. So You had a growth spurt like that? In 2014, I retired, went back to the University of Miami, got my master's in business. Because if you don't invest in yourself, nobody else going, nobody else going to invest with you. So that's why, for me, it was important to like go back and take that next step to educate myself, so mm -hmm. I can help educate others. And that's that's key because they don't teach that in the NFL. They don't teach you how to financially put your savings together and get your life together and what's after the fact and what you're going to do when the game runs out. Let's say, for example, they see Stephen A, they say screaming A and all of this other stuff. Damn right I'm loud. I'm saying, I, I, I bring the barbecue. It ain't just the barbershop, the barbecue. Mm -hmm. You know, the family yeah. reunion. I bring all of that to television because that's how I like to roll. Right. My thing is, is that when cats come at me and try to question, oh, this is all he is, what, it, what they're doing in essence is trying to get you to forget about my resume. When did you know you was going to be a football player, though? When I was younger, I just just all I thought about was just like going man, to the league. Yeah, like dang, I just want to go to the league. I just want to go to the league. I just want to go to the league. How was your your work ethic as far as like your training? Was you did somebody have to be on you, or was you about it? Did you love it? Did you hate it? I used to be on it. My mom used to definitely uh, when she figured out that when I decided I want to do football, she would just push me. You know what I'm saying? And like all my other homeboys, we played football and. Uh, well, my homeboy's uh, dad used to play in the league. His name was Boo Mitchell. He was our coach. He was our like coach all the way up to high school, and uh, he used to push us too because you know he was in the league for like one year, mm -hmm. uh, and he got hurt and uh, ended his career. So like he kind of pushed us, you know, to go farther than he did. Right, right, right. Really seen y'all had it. He basically like put us on game. You know what I'm saying? So I was thankful that I had somebody like him around. If you look at my resume, 
New York Daily News, Philadelphia Inquirer getting promoted nine times, having a salary that jumped from 53 to 250,000. You look at me on television, CNN, SI, CNN Sports Illustrated at one time, go from there to Fox Sports, go from there to ESPN, and all of this stuff in between. Anytime somebody says something, if you notice, they get quiet when I say, can you please show me your resume and put it up next to mine? Mm. Because as a black man, I know that there's very, very few people that have the resume that I have. So let's talk about this book that you got right here, because this is real interesting. You just presented this to me. Yeah. Tell the people out there what this book is about and what it represents. So first I run a company called Imagination Agency. and. Um, Basically, I, I do animation, I do ch and children's book, interactive children's book apps. I'm like the Black Wall Disney, you know okay. what I'm saying? All right, so, um, and one of the things I do, I do a lot of, a lot of my characters are black protagonists in positive situations or just so more kids can see their likeness in animation and, and books because only 3% of children's books are of kids of color, of minorities, and most of those are focused on their color, you know, their hair. Like, mm -hmm. my hair's not nappy, which I don't think is a great, a yeah. great story. Now, the real conversation I want to have with you is about <clears throat> the Gridiron Cannabis Coalition, and I've been speaking up for it for years, but I've never played in the NFL. I really don't have the voice because the NFL, they respect me, they love me, but at the same time, they look at me differently because I've always been promoting this, and they're really against this, but I feel like a lot of the players need this as a result of medication, of healing, and just mind power in general, as opposed to all of those pills and prescriptions that they give you for injuries. You're an actual player who has probably experienced what I'm talking about. Is that what this is all about? And if it's not, please explain to me. Can I hit that first? Oh, yes, you can. That out. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell me what that tastes like before you even start. That's some fire? Yeah. Holla at me. Yeah, it is. So, when did you start this company? In, I started the Imagination Agency about four years ago um, when my daughter was born. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have a daughter, it just changed your life. So <laughs> my daughter just graduated, turned 18 yesterday. Talk about oh, man. it. man. So like, and then when I started reading her children's book, there was not many characters that looked like her. So I wrote a children's book with a character that was named after her that looked just like her. <laughs> so first and foremost, I'm gonna just tell how my how I started. So for me, I used to feel like shit after games. So I, I used to smoke just recreational, and I was smoking after games like. Damn, I feel all right. So then it became a habit. After a game, I'm so sore, I used to go blow it down. And I'm like, damn, I know something. I know I'm feeling better. Mm -hmm. I, don't want, I can't say nothing, but I know I'm feeling better. You know? And so that became uh, pretty much a habit throughout my whole career. For me, I smoked throughout my whole career just because I could self-medicate myself, you know? I know if they can hand me the opiates for free, like, mm. they give us, if we need to sleep, we get Ambien. If we if something's sore, you take an anti-inflammatory, you know what I mean? So they ain't looking out for your well-being, they're looking out for the well-being of the team mm. and the shield and the NFL, which they should do. Like, you have to respect that. That's why the game we has do. grown so much. But on the other hand, you need to take care of yourself. So I choose to medicate myself, and then I start to it, and I found that, man, it's even things like cannabinoids that you have in your, your brain that the, that the cannabis has that pr protects your brain from concussions. Like when you find out these things, you're like, damn. Or if you even hear them, I feel like as the NFL should take initiative and like, let's at least do some research and find out what it's On about. On our own. Yeah, let's, fi let's find out if this could help. So I know you know my main man, uh, Jamie Foxx. <laughs>
he doing a movie, right? Oh my God. And he, he's uh, hilarious. He did a character that was similar to you, man. And let's be clear, he stole his style from me. Mm. But a real announcer doesn't have to wear pants. <laughs> Let me explain something to you. Let me say something to you. We not been twins. I would have more hair. You took half of my hair. Little off the top. Bang. How you feel about that? I know. I know. It's got you. Got a funny bone in your it's body, a, man. I love it. I love it. I listen. You can't sit in the position that I'm in, coming that cast every day, and then get all soft when they get at you. I didn't think my hairline was that damn bad. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna, let me be clear, but. Damn, it was funny. It was a Cleveland A. Smith. It was like, it was hilarious, man. We got something planned coming. I'm going to get him back. But you we got better. something planned coming. But that's my man. You know, he called me and he told me he was going to do it. He said, So he got your you know, permission yeah, first. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. He was a, he did it first, but then he called me and said, I got more. You good with it? I said, I'm good, man. Do your thing, bro. But I mean, it's like, it's all love because, like I said, they encouraged me. All of y'all encouraged me like I encouraged y'all. It's yes. like, how am I going to get mad at Jamie? Jamie, I need you. What you need? Now. When? Show up. Done. Yeah. You know, I'm going to get mad at him. He, he's a comedian. That's and what it, he do. It, it's kind of stupid. I mean, it ain't going to help me to get mad. Nah. <laughs> matter of fact, it's going to make people like you more, man, believe it or not. You don't mess with comedians. You can't win. Nah. Man, you laugh and get a little, even, first of all, it is funny. But even <laughs> if it wasn't funny, I'd still laugh because I'm like, I ain't messing with no damn Jamie Foxx. How many people get into spousal abuse fights when they're high or when they're drunk? When you high and your girl talking shit, man, bitch, shut the fuck up. I'm out of here. I'm finna get on, bitch. I'm gone. But when you drunk, bitch, I'll kill you. <laughs> it go from that to that, that quick. Yeah, that, I mean, you know how it is. Even if you about to be, if you put one up, you gonna sit down. You gonna be like, shit, I'm gonna just chill. And ain't, it's that, that I don't hear you. I'm I playing just, a video game now. She I, in the back talking shit. I'm, I'm playing the game. I don't hear you. I'm just so zoned out. I'm so, you know. But if I'm drunk, I hear everything. Bitch, what you say? <laughs> you said what? What you say about my mama? <laughs> then it went left. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm just telling y'all the truth. It is what it is. This is, this is proven fact. I'm one who used to drink alcohol, gin and juice, get drunk. And my attitude was different. I, I used to be more aggressive and violent. When I got rid of that shit and just did this, I'm peaceful. I'm cool. I'm not a rapper, but some of my friends are. Yeah, so um, I've been doing music for that a long time. That title is the shit, too. I can't <laughs> even. <laughs> I fucks with that. I'm not a rapper, but some of my friends are. Yeah, and my, next, next tape. and my next one is I'm not a trapper, but some of my friends are. It's going to be all trap music. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Ass, titties, and pussy. Mm. Hello. We'll never go out of style. Never. And when you mix that with music, mm. And, and your alcohol. style, and your style. I'm pretty party. sure when you invite me to the club, I'm gonna love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's just my thing, you know. It's more like when they see me out, they say, oh, you know, just my mentality is, is totally different from anybody else. When they see me with a girl, they say, she a hoe. I say, well, I'm a hoe too. Now. They say, well, she a stripper. I say, well, I own a strip club, but it's who I'm supposed to be with. Post up. There's not a lot of black kids in animation or in tech. And it's just because we're not introduced to the possibilities of what we can do in tech and how tech has helped us, but we're one of the biggest consumers of it. Mm -hmm. So just by being an example for other kids from the community I come from, that they can learn that tech is a possibility. And instead of rapping all the time, you can learn how to do scores for films. Hello. There's so many different ways that you could go. Instead of playing for a team, we got to start thinking about owning teams because mm -hmm. there's not one team that's owned, that has a black owner. Mm. So my whole thing is like, hey, look, I'm trying to give kids an avenue like, hey, you get scholarships for creative writing. No longer do they just roll you a ball or football or basketball and say, good luck. You can pick up a pen or pick up a book 
and be just as successful. Yeah, if not more successful, because now you're tapping into more lanes and now your body and your brain can really get, you know, the full use out of what it's really used to be. Yeah, and it's longevity, because football, that shit hurt. <laughs> <laughs>